It's time for the Talent Talk Radio Show, brought to you by People G2, a nationwide leader in background checks and employment screening solutions. People G2 gives their clients access to the best human capital management and due diligence tools available. They are dedicated to helping their clients with all of their people-related decisions. To learn more, go to www.peopleg2.com. Talent Talk centers on the topics of talent recruitment and management, leadership development, company culture, and employee engagement. These are all timely topics for CEOs, entrepreneurs, HR professionals, and business leaders. We hope that as you tune in to listen each week, whether to the live broadcast or to the podcast on iTunes or iHeartRadio, that you hear something you can take away that will help you grow and impact your career in a positive way. And now, here's the host of the Talent Talk Radio Show, the founder and CEO of People G2, Chris Dyer. Good afternoon, and thank you, everyone, for tuning in here to Talent Talk. It's uh, it's 1 o'clock, it's Tuesday, and so we're ready to go. Uh, today we have two wonderful guests, uh, one new one and one who's been on the show a few times. Glad to have him back. We'll get to that in just a minute. But, you know, if this is your first time tuning in, let me give you a little update, a little understanding of kind of how we started and what we're trying to do here. Um, as I have this kind of kind of cool privilege of being able to meet all these cool leaders and, and talent executives, um, I love to kind of have them on the show and have a conversation and you know take some of the cool things that they're learning about, that they're talking about, that they're really focused on, you know, and talk about it here in this forum um, to really give you an opportunity to listen in, so that you can take some of these topics and ideas back to your organizations, back to your own life, and you know give you something that you can use down the road. So, as I mentioned, Talent Talk is live here every Tuesday, 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And you can also access us, though, through how most people do, which is through iTunes as our podcast, or we can also be heard on iHeartRadio. So, I'm sure through an Apple device or any other device, you can get to iTunes or you can get to the podcast app or you can get to iHeartRadio. Uh, for the last several years, we've been averaging well, about 10,000 downloads a day, which is a few million a year. So, we're really, really proud of that. Love having everyone coming in and listening to shows, interacting with us. Uh, and speaking of interactions, uh, the way in which we do that on this show is mostly through Twitter. And so if you are interested in uh, making suggestions, asking questions of our guests, even if it's after the show already aired, um, you can find us. Go to at people g 2 You can pop in any question, comment you have. My producer, Mike, will keep an eye on that. You can add in that hashtag talent talk to keep that uh, kind of trending going. So we've been trending a few times on Twitter, but kind of cool. Uh, but love to have your conversation and your comments uh, back there anytime. All right, so let's uh, now we got all the business out of the way. You know what's going on. You know what to expect. Let's talk about who my two guests are today. Um, my first will be uh, uh, looks like uh, Denise Corcoran. I think I'm saying that right, but I could be wrong. We'll find out in a second. Uh, CEO <laughs> of the Empowered Business, and then we'll have Steve uh, Canal as a National Director of Community Affairs for Miller Coors. Uh, really cool uh, kind of thing they're doing over there, and we'll talk to him after our, my first guest. So uh, let's go ahead and get Denise on the show. Uh, Denise, welcome. Thank you so much, Chris. Excited to be here, and what a profound and uh, awesome service you provide. So thank you. Well, why don't you tell everyone a little about yourself and what your company does? And, of course, did I say your last name correctly? That's the important question. You did. Thank you. <laughs> Most people slaughtered, but you did great. Thanks. About, about yourself and your company, the Empowered Business. Sure. Um, so again, uh, my the name of my business is the Empowered Business, and 
I'd like to answer that on two levels, if I could, Chris. The first one is just to kind of give you the one-line summary of what the Empowered Business does and then to give you some context around that. So the Empowered Business assists growing companies in developing the leadership and organizational capacity that drives double and triple-digit growth. That says a lot in one sentence. So as far as context, everything I've done in my past uh, business life has really, I mean, I'm in awe in some ways of how it's perfectly integrated in everything that I do today. And yet all those aspects of myself are very different from each other. So uh, when I started my career, Uh, and all my degrees are in math, in math and engineering. And what, where that shows up in my work today, I don't do math and I don't do engineering, but where that shows up, math really, at least the branch that, that I was trained in, which is mathematical modeling, really trains me to understand how to break down complex relationships, how to connect the dots, how to look for patterns, how do you look for cause and effect. And when a company scales an organization, uh, there's so much complexity, and, and that complexity grows exponentially as the company grows. So that part of my past really helps me in understanding how to look at that. The kind of chapter two of my background I worked uh, for Sprint at the executive level in its hyper-growth days. We're talking early 1980s through the mid-80s. Uh, they went from under $100 million to a billion and a half in the five years I was there. So essentially they were doubling in growth every single year. So I got firsthand experience in what it really means to grow very rapidly because I oversaw the strategic planning and new business ventures aspect of Sprint. Uh, I also understood in that rapid growth how, and while the industry is also going through many changes, how do you develop the organization and the leadership team quickly to really adapt to those changes in the environment as well as to, uh, again, to to successfully manage and drive growth. And then the third aspect, kind of chapter three of my business life, I got ill and I had to stop my business for five years and really look at myself and so forth. And during that time, I've always been fascinated by people and what makes them tick. It's always fascinated, you know, what what defines, you know, a... Um, higher achiever from average achievers. So I studied people like, you know, Richard Branson and uh, Anita Roderick and so forth, and eventually got trained in quite a few, in fact, neuroscience was just coming on the scene at that point. We're talking early to mid-90s, and so that fascinated me, and so I got trained in uh, neuro-linguistic psychology as much neuroscience as I could, cognitive science and so forth, as I said, to really understand what makes people tick and what what was different, you know, to take some verbiage from the sports psychology world, uh, they normally talk about the inner game. 
what makes the inner game of somebody who is a high achiever, and this could also be related to an organization as well, uh, you know, and, and how are they wired differently on the inside that allowed them to uh, succeed at those levels. So when I blended all those three aspects of my myself, uh, you know, what I say is I'm in the business of growth, change, and transformation because what I've realized over time, somewhere in the mid-'90s, I had CEOs seeking me out because of, you know, the psychological piece that I was dealing with who were uh, at that time driving rapidly growing companies. And I got to see, again, kind of looking at all those different aspects of my background, that there really is a psychology and a science and how to scale a company and that that piece that needs to, before a company can scale through the various different growth stages, there needs to be a whole transformation uh, both internally and externally, meaning, you know, the, the mindset piece, the, the brain uh, aspect of an individual or organization, and then, you know, externally as well, capabilities and competencies and so forth. So that's kind of the, the thrust of my business. It's uh, quite a... Quite an uh, explanation there. We got the kind of the full uh, wrap there. Maybe I'll kind of jump into at least one area. Maybe I didn't hear you touch on. I think uh, maybe around you being involved with an organization called um, IWAM Institute. Maybe we could talk a little bit about, um, you know, kind of what the impact of that organization does when, and through their different assessments and things like that. Sure. IWAM stands for Inventory of Workplace Attitude and Motivational Patterns. And so we're talking, you know, we're even to start with why, why even use the assessment? First of all, our attitude underlying, and they're below the radar screen. People aren't even consciously aware of their motivational patterns. It drives up to 60% of performance. It's not about what an individual is capable of doing. Uh, it's about what they're motivated in doing. And I'm sure, Chris, you know of individuals who are highly skilled, highly educated, and yet, and have many competencies and still aren't succeeding. Well, the piece that's missing is the attitude and motivational patterns that are driving that individual. And these patterns drive uh, a person's focus, where they put the focus on, uh, their decision-making style, their relationship to change, their relationship to norms and rules, uh, kind of their relationship to time. So there's many di- communication styles. So there's many different aspects that this uh, assessment uh, uncovers. And what I like about it, what it's not, uh, is it's not a personality assessment. It's not a strengths assessment. Uh, there's many assessments uh, that cover those things, although they can be interrelated. But uh, where was I going to go? Oh, what I like about the other piece that I like about this assessment is they don't put people in boxes, you know, letters or saying you're this or you're that. There's 48 different patterns that I look at that literally uniquely define an individual and what drives them. 
And so, and the same thing on an organizational level. I can use this assessment to actually look at kind of the, the themes and commonalities across a leadership team that will tell me what the real culture is. An example would be uh, I had, I worked with a uh, fast-growing uh, manufacturing company, and what was clear, number one, they had a real issue as they were scaling with accountability. And um, what showed up in their patterns is that their relationship to norms and rules, which is essentially what accountability is, is that they were what we call high tolerance, meaning that they would tolerate anything. They didn't really set rules and norms, and they gave too much autonomy to their employees, so they were each operating in, in different directions, in a sense. And when you're dealing with a manufacturing company, uh, you know, everybody needs to be marching to the same tune, so to speak, with the same standard operating procedures in order to successfully uh, service their customers. So that's just a, for instance, that could be a whole new conversation in and of itself. But what the, the other thing I was going to say about IWAM is that it helps to identify, it can be used for hiring, coaching, culture change work, team building, all of those things. And it can help you assess, especially in the hiring situation, uh, what is the best fit uh, from a culture standpoint. Does this person really fit our culture? Uh, again, from a underlying psychology perspective, and is the, do they have the motivational patterns that will set them up for success uh, in their specific role? Because different patterns are going to be important in different roles. Sure, sure. And so how hard do you think it is for leaders to maybe change their process or their styles? And we're talking a lot about evaluating it, making sure that the right person in the right company, you know, that right seat at the right time. But certainly all those opportunities or those times when, you know, a leader needs to modify their own style, their own process to, to really be effective within the organization they're in. So do you find that they can do that? It's easy for them to do that? Or maybe it, maybe it's really hard and it takes a lot of work or maybe it's just impossible. What, what are some of your thoughts on that? Sure, sure. Well, again, I use a very unconventional approach and most conventional approaches when they're dealing with change, whether it be style or process or behavior or whatever, they try and do it through a behavioral approach. That never works because that's not what's driving the, you know, what's driving behavior is a person's kind of inside wiring. And uh, so, yes, if, if you're just trying to change on a behavioral level, uh, most leaders and companies aren't successful in that approach, not in a sustainable way, and that's key. You know, I'm looking for sustainable change and change that's going to make a difference. If, you know, because I use a lot of change tools and technologies, I have my own uh, pyramid that I look at in terms of what level of change is needed within an individual, it can actually happen rather quickly. I know how to rewire people's brains, so to speak. It's kind of like rewriting code for an operating system. Uh, you don't see the code, uh, uh, but 
you know, in order to go to the next level in what a computer can do, you have to change the underlying code. So same thing, I kind of change people's codes inside that automatically allows the behavioral change. So now, now, can I wave a magic wand if somebody's not willing to change? No, I can't do that. And the other piece that um, is important in the nature of my work is there is such a thing called secondary gains. And what that means is even if a person is wanting to change, understands the reason for change, they they have an underlying secondary gain or benefit to not changing, meaning they get something out of the old behavior or the old way of thinking that um, is actually a higher payoff. Again, this is all very unconscious than uh, changing. And so can I change some of that? I can. Again, it goes back to level of willingness, though. That can really be, well, difficult it's at times, I think, for, for companies to deal with. If people come with those pre-programmed things. They come with their own baggage or whatever it may be. So finding that right way to, to really help them. And I know you kind of state some of what you do is in your secret sauce is helping people uh, develop that kind of X factor. I and mean, maybe this will kind of help us clarify a little bit better. So what is that kind of X factor that you think that companies need to look to try to achieve or to do, especially when they're working with you? Sure, sure. So the, the X factor is really the underlying capacity or inner capacity, and that could include everything from a leader's cognitive capacity or thinking capacity. And just to use an example, not all leaders are wired naturally to think strategically. Uh, it's a certain set of underlying factors that I'm looking for. Can it can it be changed? It can be changed over time. Uh, again, we're not we're not just rearranging furniture in a room. We're we're actually changing the whole structure of the room, so to speak. We're changing the structure of how somebody thinks. Uh, some of the other pieces, you know, when I'm talking about change. There's different levels of change. There's change uh, on a mission or vision level, meaning a per- person's sense of mission or purpose. You know, as a company, again, I go back to this is related to growth. And as a company scales, a person's sense of mission and their role needs to change. It needs to scale as well. So that's one aspect. There's also a sense of identity. Uh, when a company moves into the different growth stages, you know, a, a leader will initially see themselves as the doer, you know, the doer when they're small. And they'll, uh, they're driving a lot of the actions. When the company begins to scale, that needs to shift internally their sense of identity to that of a delegator or that of a coach or that of a team builder. All of those different identities start to crop in as a company scales. And so it's not just the capabilities and competencies, although that's a piece of it, but it's also in how a leader sees themselves. I just was approached the other day by somebody, the CEO of a, of a security company, and he's still doing a lot of the things himself, and he admits 
he's the constraint in the company. And, you know, so why is he not delegating? There's a lot of reasons. There's internal reasons. People don't, are afraid of letting go of control. Uh, they are perfectionistic. They don't see anybody else or think anybody else could do as good a job as they do. You know, or they get too much satisfaction out of doing the work. So those are some of the pieces. As I said, it's both inner and outer as a company scales that needs to change. And that's the secret sauce is I'm not starting with the behavior. I'm starting with that inside piece that needs to change um, in order for the outside to change. Yeah, and those are some really important factors. Um, it sounds like you've got some you know, really great thought leadership and experience in this area. Uh, I know one of our favorite questions to kind of ask our guests, because we love to know kind of where they're looking to next, is is there a book that you're reading right now that you might tell us about? Sure. Actually, I'm one of those people, not about leadership or organizations. Um, I'm a person that thrives on um, thought leaders that challenge the status quo thinking. Um, It's part of what I do. Uh, and so the book that I've just started reading, maybe in the first 50 pages, it's called The Challenger, uh, the Challenger Sales or Salesperson. Uh, I can grab it. Uh, the Challenger Sale, How to Take Control of the Customer Conversation. And what it's about, again, it's, it's challenging that the whole sales world and sales training have uh, completely evolved, you know, that customers are more risk-averse. They see very few distinctions between competitors, uh, at least in terms of the products or services that are being offered. And the book is trying to introduce that when they, you know, they collected data from across thousands of companies in terms of sales reps, the top performers versus the average performers, and looked at what was the common spread in the top performers. And it is, uh, you know, what they call the challenger uh, style. Uh, There's four other styles of selling. And uh, that those who are succeeding today, and they're, you know, sharing that, that the buying criteria has shifted are those that actually it's not about the product or service it's actually about the sales conversation experience and that the sales reps are actually challenging the way customers think and how they they view their problems or company and uh, so anyway it's hence called the challenger sale yeah, it's a great book. Um, I had the opportunity to read it um, and did some training with it. But it's um, if you really go down the rabbit hole with that book, I mean, I can really radically change your entire sales process. And I know people that have these giant books and uh, almost like folders of ways in which they move their whole process along. But anyways, I want to make sure we ask you a, a real important question. That's our last one before we have to hop off our commercial break is how can people get a hold of you if they are learning, want to learn more about uh, the Empowered Business or uh, want to find out more about you? What's the best way for them to do that? Sure. Well, the, probably the best way is first through email, which is Denise, D-E-N-I-S-E, at Empowered business that's spelled E as in Edward, M as in Mary, P-O-W 
E-R-E-D-Business.com. My website is also called by the same name, EmpowerBusiness.com. On LinkedIn, uh, I welcome invitations. And then uh, Twitter is at Denise Corcoran, C-O-R-C-O-R-A-N, and the number four. Well, fantastic. Thank you so much for being on the show today, Denise, uh, and giving our listeners some some great things to think about. All right, we'll be right back after this quick commercial break with our second guest, Steve Canal. Imagine buying a newspaper and discovering that the news you're reading is six months old. There isn't much that stays the same for six months, and the same thing goes for background checks. In a time when so much outdated information is being passed around, it's good to know that People G2 offers something different. At People G2, we provide today's intelligence, not yesterday's news. Our value-added approach offers you a fully FCRA-compliant solution that includes up-to-the-minute information. By combining industry-leading technology with old-school human investigation, People G2 is able to give you information that is accurate right now, delivered quickly to our online system, or integrated with your HR system. So ask yourself, are you comfortable working with old news or are you ready for a different kind of background check company? Visit PeopleG2.com or call 800-630-2880. That's 800-630-2880 or PeopleG2.com. Welcome back to the Town Talk Radio Show. Uh, if you're just joining us, you missed a great interview. So we just had with uh, Denise uh, Cochran, the CEO of Empowered Business. But now... You can go ahead and uh, we're going to move on to our next guest. But don't forget, you can check out our past shows uh, and you can find this show at some point in the future on iTunes and the podcast app or you go to iHeartRadio on any platform, any device, find us there. Uh, we publish all of our podcasts there after the live show. Um, so let's go ahead and get to my next guest. We're going to have uh, Steve Canal, the National Director of Community Affairs with Miller Coors. Uh, don't forget, you can tweet anything you like uh, to us, questions, uh, comments, anything uh Going on to at people G two, we'll make sure we try to feed them in the show or respond to you after the show if you're getting us through the podcast. So, uh, Steve, welcome back to the show. Chris, how are you, sir? Great, doing well. You again? Yeah, it's great to have you back on the show again. Uh, maybe you could talk a little bit about in case you know people are listening didn't hear you the first couple times. Um, but you know, what are you doing right now with Miller Coors and how are things going? Yeah, um, you know, things have been amazing with Miller Coors, you know, um, as uh, working on national community affairs. You know, I like to say what I what I do every day is spending my days devoting my energy to help change the way America enjoys beer as an innovator for the company. So, you know, working with Miller Coors, I'm working on some great national platforms right now. Um, one is Miller Lite Tap the Future, where we are empowering entrepreneurs. You know, we're giving them a chance to get funding for their business and get guidance to help scale their business. Um, we have the likes of Damon Johnson, ABC Shark Tank, who's one of the judges and panelists as well. Um, and for those who are interested as entrepreneurs, you could go on to mltapthefuture.com for a chance at being a part of the platform. Yeah, now you mentioned this uh, great event, and I've been uh, fortunate to uh, be a judge a couple of different times with you guys. And we've also have had so many of the 
the winners and the participants on the show as well, kind of giving them an opportunity to talk about their, you know, their ideas and and with our companies. And so we've really had, it's been a it's been a great kind of conversation for us here at the Talent Talk Radio Show. But maybe you talk about what's kind of how's how's it evolved and what, what what's kind of going on with the with the event this year. Maybe uh, you know what kind of, what cities do you have left and what are you guys looking forward to. Definitely. Right now, we're currently in our application phase, so you can go on the website um, for uh, between now and April, the end of April, for a chance to upload your idea. Um, and then the tour kicks off in July. Um, from July from July to August, we have a five city tour. We're going to New York, Atlanta, Houston, L.A., and Chicago for a chance to pitch live on stage in front of Damon and our inspirational judges. Um, it's a fun, fun event. Um, really cool experience where you get to share your ideas on stage and, you know, you get top-notch insight um, about your business and feedback, something that you really can't pay for. Um, and, you know, when you think about Miller Lite, um, you know, they held true. They created um, a light beer uh, category with, with Miller Lite. When everybody was naysayers saying you can't create a segment, a, a great-tasting light beer, you know, Miller Lite went ahead and did it. You know, so now um, we want to empower the next wave of entrepreneurs um, to make sure that they have the the, the, gui- the proper guidance and, and ability to scale their business. You know, it's pretty clear uh, for anyone who's thinking about doing this. If, if you win, I mean, there's some great things that come along with that. But uh, even if you don't win, if you're able to um, apply uh, for this and you're able to be accepted and be one of the companies that gets to go up there and talk about your business and to go through that process of having to articulate what you're trying to do and to think about all the questions you might be asked and uh, what are all the pros and cons. Uh, even if you just get up there and you talk about your business and that's all that ends up happening, that's more than most entrepreneurs or businesses ever get. And that kind of clarity is what can save you from Years of heartache, going out of business, whatever all those bad things are that people think about. This is a really cool way to, beyond getting exposure, to really solidify what it is you're trying to do and to have to really be forced to think deeply about about some of these things. Uh, Have you seen, you know, that kind of experience happen for companies that have gone through this? That maybe they've turned out, even if they didn't win, they, you know, they ended up really doing well with their businesses? Yeah, and you hit it right on the head. You know, it's not just about getting funding for your business. It's about getting that that feedback. And, you know, you might, you know, by the end of your pitch, you know, get an idea that'll help you pivot your business and help you scale. You know, Swiss Media, um, which was one of our first winners, they came on and they licensed emojis, you know, and and Damon and and the judges gave them some feedback. And the following year, um, they cashed out for $27 million. You know, um, and then you had, you know, business like Lucky Orchata who pitched in Houston and didn't win. And they were able, from the, from the insight that they gained on stage, they were able to get placements in 150 different grocery chains. You know, so it's the exposure, it's the, it's the, the information you're gaining from our judges that will put, you know, put you in the, in, in the right space to be able to grow your business. So it sounds like step one is to go to the website and tell everyone again what that website is that they need to go to if they're interested in, in becoming a participant in one of the cities that you're going to be visiting. Right. Uh, step one is to go on to ML, as in Miller Lite, MLTapTheFuture.com. Um, you can go on the site, and it's very easy. Um, 
to, to register and get on um, as, you know, hopefully you'll be chosen as one of our finalists to be able to pitch on stage. But in addition to that, we have some amazing videos from past winners and we have articles on how to, you know, better engage your business. So it's a cool site all in all to gain information for your business. Yeah, absolutely. And then uh, you said you mentioned New York. What were some of the other cities that you'll be in uh, for sure uh, on your on your tour? Right. So we'll be in New York. We'll be in Atlanta, Houston, Texas, Los Angeles, and Chicago. So we'll be hitting five cities this year. So if you're in those cities and you know you don't get a chance to upload your, your idea this year, and maybe you just want to attend so you can get an idea of what the expectations are. You can make sure to go on to mltapfuture.com and you can uh, join us in one of the live cities and attend the event. You know, um, it's a great opportunity to network, meet some amazing people, um, and see people pitch on stage. You know, and hopefully you can gain some some knowledge and some pointers. Um, so next year, you can join the competition. Yeah, and you also bring up a great point about people just coming to the events. Um, they are a ton of fun. Uh, you get to see all these cool uh, companies up there that give their presentations, hear what the judges have to say. And, of course, you have an opportunity to meet Damon John. I know uh, the last event in L.A., you know, he had a, he had a, he had a good little line of people that were there wanted to take pictures with them and enjoy the event. So they really are a lot of fun if you enjoy entrepreneurship, if you enjoy Shark Tank, if you enjoy anything like that. Uh, this is a really fun event for people to come and watch and participate in, even if even if they don't want to be an entrepreneur or they're not quite ready to see how their business be launched yet. It's uh, it's a really fun event to, to attend. Um, have you guys already started to kind of pick out some of your venues, or is that still kind of in the in the working phase? Yeah, so you know we're, we're finalizing venues now. We have about four out of the five venues locked in, um, and probably by the end of this week we'll have them all locked in. So. You know, once the, the finalists are selected and semifinalists are selected in May, that communication will come out as far as which venues. Um, but, you know, there'll be some <laughs> pretty cool uh, spaces for, for, for people to engage. And, you know, to build off of what you said as well as far as attending the event, you know, without small businesses, there are, there is no America. So this platform was created for small businesses and entrepreneurs who want to hold true and, and, and want to make a difference and disrupt the category and offer something amazing and leave a legacy. You know, so we, we want to create an environment for a, a comfort zone so you can come and meet some amazing people. And like you said, you know, meet Damon. Damon's amazing. He answers a lot of questions during the event. Um, in addition to all of our other um, inspirational judges that will be there as well. So uh, we talked a lot about the, the the event, but let's maybe kind of turn this inward a little bit and talk a little bit about you. Yeah, I heard you're writing a book, which is coming out in July, titled uh, "The Mind of a Winner," and I know you have a lot of people um, that are going to be listed in the book that you're kind of have brought into there. Of course, Damon uh, and Barbara from from Shark Tank and. Uh, some other you know great people, uh, Olympic swimmers, and you, you know just a millennial genius, skirt uh, CMO, uh, yeah. Taylor's going to be yeah. there. I mean, all kinds of great people. So, can you talk a little bit about the book? What can people expect to to get from it, and and, and what do you hope that, uh, that you know that they might uh, you know kind of really get from right. picking up okay. your book? Definitely, and you know I've been fortunate enough um, to be able to check, travel this entire country. I've done an event in every state in the country, um, understanding different mindsets and meeting a lot of great people along that journey. 
Um, so I wanted to be able to, to, to put a book together to show the power moves that it takes and the habits that it takes um, to, to, to be the mind of a winner and, you know, put you in a position um, to grow holistically um, as an individual, you know, along your journey. Um, the mind of winners is, 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 is a, I would call it a playbook filled with power moves um, and real strategies from real accomplished winners. Um, it lets you be a fly on the wall, I would say, as moguls like Damon John, as you mentioned, and Everett Taylor, who's the CMO of Skirt, who is also identified as a millennial genius from Forbes, um, take you through their journey to success um, with all the highs and the lows, you know, because there is no success without failure. Um, and the power moves, again, for, for you to incorporate on your journey. So we, we kind of embody all of that through all of their stories and showing you their highs, showing you their lows, and pulling out the specific power moves that you can incorporate within your life to, uh, in your journey um, for, for personal growth. You know, whether you want to be an entrepreneur, whether you want to be an athlete, or you want to be a mompreneur, um, it's all of the above. Um, and this book is for you. Um, and it embodies that, and it tells those stories, and it gives you those proper tools for you to grow. So you know, the book is really kind of targeting people who want to find success, and, and you kind of mentioned in business, in their life, in their sport, in their yep. family, whatever whatever that may be. Um, so maybe in today's environment, you know, it really takes more than just a financial backing, let's say, for you to be successful in whatever it is you're putting your energy in. For Maybe for entrepreneurs specifically, what do you think they need to have to not only attract, be attractive to consumers, but also to the talent, to get the right people, right? So what are some of the things they need to be doing to make sure they can attract the right talent for them to be successful in their endeavors? Right. Um, there, there are a couple of things I, I'll, I'll point out. One is, is a proof of concept. You know, you need to prove that there's a need for your product or your service, and you need to be authentic with it. You know, a lot of young talent right now, they're, they're calling out, you know, those businesses that aren't being as authentic um, to their brand identity. Um, and brand identity is another one. You know, how do you want to be perceived by consumers? What is the value your company is trying to bring to the market and appeal to your customers? You know, and that starts with the with your business name. It starts with your logo. It, it, it starts with your tone. You know how the, the you know the, the messages that you're putting out there and your tagline. You know, you want to be as authentic um, and real as possible, and you want to package that. Um, and, and have a proof of concept. Make sure it's something that there is a need for, whether it's a product or service, for people to relate to. Um, and when, when you identify that and you present it and package it, um, you know, those who are attracted to the brand will, you know, let you know by purchasing your product or, you know, tapping you on the shoulder for your services. Um, you'll, you'll know, you know, from your response. Uh, and, you know, if not, then, you you know, you might need to have a conversation, you know, with, with a mentor or somebody within that space to help pivot your business and give you an idea of how you can be more appealing or more attractive to talent or to potential your, your, your target audience. Well, everyone needs to have a mentor, and that's uh, a huge part of, I've noticed, one of the keys to success is anyone who's starting off into something new. You need to have somebody there to tell you the things you don't know and remind you of the things you do and tell you you're being stupid sometimes or whatever it is, that advice that you need at the right time. Um, and I know one of the things that you do um, I found fascinating is uh, you offer a monthly free call 
on thebrandexecutive.com to help people become the CEO of their own personal brand. So if you want some personal brand mentorship, it sounds like uh, they can look to you for that. So maybe talk a little bit about you know why you're uh, doing this and how you're helping people develop their personal brand through that outlet. Definitely. Um, the brand executive uh, basically gives people the tools to becoming the CEO of their brand. We all are brands. It's up to you if you decide to activate it or not. You know, and, you know, do you want to write your own story before somebody else does, does it for you? You know, so we all need to acknowledge that we are brands. Um, and it's up to you um, to, to bring it to life, take control of how people view you, because that will impact the opportunities that come your way. You only live once, so why not be great? You know, I always say that you only live once, so why not be great? You know, you have access and tools and information um, to incorporate into your life every day it doesn't always have to be a huge transition it could be the small steps that are that are wins as well as well as long as you're doing something every day to better yourself and, and present the best you, you you're, you're slowly becoming the ceo of your brand and and how people perceive and view you every day so you want to package that, whether it's through social media. Um, you want to make sure you're managing the images you're putting out, if it's on Instagram, if it's Twitter, you know, the, the tone you're putting out on Twitter, because that's how people are going to perceive. You know, and on Facebook, whether it's images or, or words, you want to manage that content and how you put it out, because people are going to believe you, you know, if it's you or not. You know, you want to make sure you're putting out the right tone and the right message for your brand. And that's what the brand executive is all about. And every every month, um, you know, we, we, we cover a different topic, whether it's, you know, brand identity to this Thursday we're talking about make more money and how to monetize your brand. You know, so we're, we're taking you through the whole gambit of how to properly manage your brand. And if it's something that's more than um, a hobby, you know, you can potentially monetize it as well. Yeah, absolutely. And that's a, a great saying that you started off that uh, your answer with. And I know you have another great saying that uh, I really enjoy, which is, you know, live a corporate lifestyle with an entrepreneurial spirit. So how do the two then inter- kind of intermingle? And is that possible with anyone or, or does it take maybe the backing of a particular corporate culture that allows someone not to feel tied simply to that corporate mindset, but provide for a, you know, maybe a person to take on that entrepreneurial approach in any of their roles and maybe have some advice on how people can do that. Definitely. Um, you know, in this day and age, it's, it's, I think a lot of, of, of corporations are starting to transition to not just, you know, living a lifestyle of doing both, but more so having an entrepreneurial mindset which is at the center, if you look at if you think about it, the entrepreneurial mindset is at the center of sales. You know, you eat what you catch at the end of the day. So it's important to bring innovative ideas and creativity to, to, to corporate or your own business, either or or both. You know, everything I work on um, or develop, I try to bring a fresh, out-of-the-box approach to help reach our goals. You know, I really hate cookie-cutter approaches to life and business. And I think when you think of the old corporate structure, everything is really cookie-cutter. You know, and this is how we're supposed to market. You know, we have our our billboards, our our radio spots, our TV ads, um, and, you know, we're we're talking to people. I think this day and age, the consumer is telling you we need to have a conversation. 
So I, I'm not just going to be a, a, a consumer by looking at a billboard. We need we need to have dialogue. So that takes creativity. It takes developing programming and, and platforms that are reaching the people and engaging people and telling your story in an authentic way. So when I say I live a corporate lifestyle with an entrepreneurial spirit, is I you know I you know I'm within a corporate setting. But I bring that entrepreneurial, fresh way of thinking and innovation to that corporate setting and hopefully shift the paradigm of the way of thinking that we approach business um, so we're not dying with the times. We're not, you know, we're not blockbuster. You know, we, we know that things are changing and we need to adjust, but we're stuck in our ways. So we don't want to have an entrepreneurial spirit and be creative in, in our approach because this is how we think business should be done. You know, so it's it's the mindset of anything that I bring and I live every day and everything I do. Um, and I try to push the cookie cutter to the side um, and hopefully people will start to embrace the mindset and incorporate it within sales and marketing. Yeah, absolutely. So it uh, sounds like people have a lot of uh, websites that need to check out uh, for us. The first one, if they're interested in filling, uh, checking out the uh, Miller Lite uh, Tap the Future event, and also the, the brownexecutive.com if they'd like to find out more about what you're doing there. Um, you yeah, know, we always we, love we to find have... out what smart people like you are, are thinking about for the future. So is there a book that you're reading right now or maybe you recently finished uh, that you might tell us about? Definitely. Uh, It's kind of interesting because I like to read chapters and then I'll move on to another book, read a chapter and then go back and forth and I'll keep it in rotation to keep keep it fresh and and, and going and keep my brain working. Um, So one of the books that I'm, uh, and I'll I'll tell you a few actually, one of them is called uh, Our Iceberg is Melting and it's dealing with change and succeeding under any condition, how conditions change and you know you might be stuck in an old way of thinking and not wanting to change or or actually be innovative to take on these new conditions. Um, And the book is by uh, John Cotter. Um, which is it's an easy read. Um, another one that I'm reading right now is Success and Luck, um, Good Fortune and the Myth of Meritocracy by Robert Frank, which is a really good book as well. Um, and then uh, another one is Wealth, How I Learned to Build a Life and Not a Resume, um, and incorporating everything that you do day to day to bring that to light in life. Um, whether it's eating, whether it's living, breathing, love, laughter, um, just combining it all and, and living a wholehearted life. Um, and, of course, you know, Damon John's The Power of Broke, which I take on every day, um, little nuggets, you know, as much when I travel, which which talks about how empty pockets, a tight budget, and a hunger for success can become your greatest competitive advantage. Um, and Damon taps into some stories from some successful uh, entrepreneurs that, you know, he has great ties with as well. Well, you mentioned a lot of great books. I'm sure our listeners would love to check them out. Um, I love that uh, some of those little nuggets from Damon John have, have stuck with me for a long time. I remember the first time I kind of heard that, and I thought to myself, you know, those times when we were had the hardest times when we had to be the leanest when we had to made us the most creative and so we have gone back and tried to you know on our own organization and try to how how do we recreate that how do you think that way how do you you know go after problems without just throwing you know x dollars at a problem how do you how do you do it without without any budget and does that change your philosophy does that make you to your point earlier have a conversation with the consumer instead of just talking at them 
Um, so it's great right. advice for anyone, regardless of what uh, size company they may be uh, they they may be in. So. Um, you know, how, how can uh, uh, people get a hold of you if they're interested in learning more? Uh, maybe we, we want to get the websites out again, but um, if they're interested in learning more about you, what's the best way for them to do that? Definitely. Um, on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, it's at Steve Canal, S-T-E-V-E-C-A-N-A-L. Um, if you're interested in the book, you can actually submit your email and you'll get um, inf- uh, opportunity for pre-orders and information. Um, it's www.themindofwinners.com um, for the free course that we do every month. It's thebrandexecutive.com. Um, and if you you know want an opportunity to get on tour and hold true um, with our Metal Light Tap the Future tour, it's mltapthefuture.com. And you know if you want to stay connected even further, you can download my app brand exec on google play store or um the apple itunes store um and one thing i just want to leave with people you know a lot of people spend their entire life trying to figure out where they belong so you don't find a place you create it take hold of your brand and life so i just wanted to leave that with everybody oh fantastic you left us with a lot of great things to think about today Really always love having you on the show, Steve. It's a real pleasure. We get so much uh, kind of depth of knowledge and understanding of everything you're doing and, and involved in. It's really great to see uh, you know, you and your brand progressing as well. So thank you again so much for being on the show and being our guest. Thank you for having me. Much success, and I'm always, I'm always a fan of everything you do. Thank you and what you do for the communities. All right. Thank you so much for being on the show uh, and everyone for, for listening. Hopefully you gained something that will help your own career in a positive way. Next guest, uh, next week, excuse me, my guest will include Steve Alexander, author of Lead Like a Black Belt, and Allison Hayden, the head of brand strategy for Glassdoor, you know, that little company that all your employees keep telling on you at. So until then, do what you love and show the world how talented you can be today. You've been listening to Talent Talk Radio, brought to you by People G2. 